Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Unlimited Abundance. I am so happy to have you back on here and today I am back with a special guest and I've been speaking about the fact that I was going to do this episode for a while so I'm so happy to be here. I'm here today with my mom and with expert astrologer on Instagram. You may know her as Readings by Xenia. I'll have it in the keynote if you're new but she is an astrologer with so much experience and so much insight and I've had her on um, on Instagram live before and I received such amazing feedback so I really really wanted to have her on the podcast to really talk about uncovering your birth chart and, and a lot of astrology secrets and we're just going to have a really epic conversation about the cosmos and really how to use your birth chart as a powerful tool that's really waiting before your hands to be discovered so do you want to tell me a little bit about a mini little bit about yourself Hello guys, uh, this is Ksenia. I am so happy to be here and so happy to share the insights that I know a little bit of myself. So I've been doing astrology uh, since early 90s. So it's about 30 years. Sounds scary, right? Um, and been practicing and doing um, birth chart readings uh, using my Instagram page. So I know a lot of you guys already have your birth chart reading done and it's been amazing. So I have a folder with feedback. So if you guys like what you hear, you know, I welcome you to my page. And um, a lot of you guys know me by my crystal braces because I'm also a Reiki master. And you know that crystal crystals are little allies that help us align energies and heal our chakras and help us in our life. That is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, she, my, my mom was really, really, was really well and is really well known for her actually crystal bracelets that she hand makes. They're Reiki charged. I, you probably you might be listening to this and wearing some right now, perhaps. And if you're not, you should definitely check it out. They're so, so beautiful, like the highest quality crystals, handmade and Reiki charged. It's really amazing. I think now working with crystals is becoming bigger and bigger and it's becoming more accessible. So if you're getting into this and you're, people always ask me like, where's a reliable way to find crystals or what's a reliable source and obviously I always recommend hers because I actually go sourcing them with her oftentimes and she literally hand picks the crystals in each strand and hand makes them and Reiki charges them so you're really receiving not only such high quality crystals but crystals made with so much love so definitely check her out there and she also is an incredible astrologer and like I said I mean, let's just get, like for someone who is, let's just not say new, but how would you describe or explain what is your birth chart? I think a lot of people, like I said, only speak about sun signs, right? And they just think, oh, I'm a Leo or I'm a Libra. Or even if you know a few things, like, you know, your big three. Oh, let's start with this. Say your big three. So your big three is your sun, moon, and your rising. What's your sun, moon, and rising? I mean, I would not say your rising. No, no, for you. Bit, uh, just just say me. what it's called. They ask you, like, what oh, are okay. yours? Yeah, I would say um, Cancer is my sun, Leo is my moon, and Cancer is rising. Okay, my I'm a Gemini sun, Capricorn moon. I feel like I'm introducing myself to the class, and Sagittarius rising. So before we hop on in, those are, people call those the big three to, like, look at. But, you know, as I just started talking about the Ascendant, Ascendant is not a planet, right? It's a fictive point. So basically, it's the beginning of the horizon. So that's why it's rising. If you imagine that sun just start coming above the horizon, the first ray, that's what your sign is. That's the first impression that you make when other people don't know you and they see it for the first time. That's what your Ascendant is. So you should not put a lot of attention or focus on your ascendant 
but your sun and the moon are key because you know sun is the life it's the energy that's the spirit that gives you life and moon is uh, is a celestial body that reflects that so it shows how you reflect that spirit how you reflect that energy how you perceive that into your life so that's why sun and the moon they form your personal core these are the most important planets can you speak a little bit about your moon then how your sun and moon work together so basically as i alluded sun is your spirit right so that's what it gives life it's kind of like you know sun gives life to everything on earth it's the same sun signifies in your birth chart it's everything that gives life to you and moon is the soul right it's so it receives that so spirit and soul make a connection and how it depends how because moon it's something that reflects, right? So it reflects the emotions. It reflects your feelings. It also uh, corresponds to your adaptability and how you would react on any, um, let's say, outside influence. So when two people meet, mm -hmm. let's say Paulina and I, we've met, and your moon is in Capricorn and my moon is in Leo. So the first, what people see is kind of like their ascendant because you know if you don't know this person but then your moon start communicating and you know someone like me for example who has moon in um, fire signs fire signs are masculine signs so it's very um, open it's you know active it doesn't care much about what's happening in their environment environment on the other side uh, moon which is Paulina's moon, is in um, Capricorn. Capricorn, and it's Earth, and Earth is a feminine sign. So feminine is more perceiving, so she would not be as active. She would be more kind of like... Observing. Observing and reflecting on what's happening, trying to feed into the environment, estimate the environment. So kind of like you will react and express your spirit differently depending on your moon location. So you're saying that you're just, just we're starting very basic here, but your sun is something that gives you life. So like, is it the thing? So for example, would those characteristics be things? Because immediately what I start thinking of, right, when people have depression, and this is kind of an, an extreme swing, mm -hmm. but there, it's obviously uh, oftentimes people, when we go through depression, you feel like you're missing that spark, right? You're missing like that life force. So do you fi find that if you kind of can begin accessing your sun or what gives you life that, that can really allow someone to flourish you're saying because like for example like what, I, what comes to mind right someone with a pisces sun but like things like um spirituality healing all those kinds of neptunian things right would would give that per person life so if that person was feeling down or depressed or like they're missing life force would going to your sun's line be something that would be helpful um yes and no there is no simple answer you know guys that i'm not sure if a lot of astrologers talk about that but actually it depends in which degree your sun is and there are also signs that are not so let's say friendly to your sun like for example those folks who have sun in aquarius usually not so confident in themselves why because you know their sun is in detriment and all the other things like people who are um, Libras so they basically have their son in Libra also not so confident in themselves but in a different sense they need partners they cannot you know do things on their own so it's a fall of son then um, if your son in the first 
three degrees of the sign. For example, like, you know, first degree of, uh, let's say, Taurus, right? Or second degree of Taurus or third degree of Taurus. It means that this sun is not sure about the energy of this sign because, you know, each sign of the zodiac has their archetype of energy and it's different. So, and sun expresses itself differently being in different sign. And also, as I said, in degree, when the sun or any other planet, um, and in, including is, moon, is in these three degrees, those called are critical degrees. It's like a baby that doesn't know how to play, doesn't know what to do. So it could do things that other like adults will not uh, make. So baby, what what they do? They put things in their mouth. They can you know go somewhere where they're not supposed to go. They may eat something. So it's the same thing. So their son is not. Mature yet, so that's why you know the expression of sun is it's different. Uh, is I would say um, distorted. So, as an example, someone with a Gemini in the first, how what would you say the difference? I mean, obviously there's many things at play, but for example, someone with a Gemini in a first degree, right, versus Gemini in like a thirtieth degree. It's a good question. So, like in a thirtieth degree, the last three degrees are also. Um, critical degrees, but those are called anareta in astrology. So those are compared to an old person. So for example, imagine if someone is weak, old, he has lived a long life and he knows a lot, but he has no energy to do things. It's kind of like a tired person. So that's, you know, sun would be in the last degree of Gemini. Yes, you know, he knows how to communicate. He knows how to exchange information. Will he do it? Mm, maybe not always because he doesn't have energy. That's one thing. The second thing that's important is also in which house your son is located. So, for example, if your um, son is located in first house, it means that, you know, it's all about me. You know, I won't actively express myself because son also signifies your ego, right? So my beliefs someone who has son in the first house will be um, trying to express themselves, kind of like make uh, them shine because also sun shows where a person shines. So in which area of life they try to be a star. Then also kind of like uh, this example, when our son is in Gemini, we know that the ruler of Gemini is Mercury. So we need to see where Mercury is located. Why? Because Mercury will show how the sun expresses itself. So if Mercury, let's say, is in Cancer, so it means, yes, this person is bubbly, they are talking, and they like to talk kind of like softly because, you know, uh, Cancer is uh, nurturing. Uh, nurturing and it's kind of like compassionate, empathetic. So it really depends, even though you may have the same sun sign, Gemini, but because it's uh, significator or its ruler located at different signs, mm -hmm. then you will express your son differently. So that's why there is no one size fits all. And lots of people have struggles with understanding astrology or saying, oh, it doesn't work. Yes, if you read, you know, very popular, let's, let's say like cosmopolitan um, forecast or horoscope, that's how they call it. So you will say it's, it's not me. Yes, and you will be right because, you know, everyone is different because, you know, we have a very uh, different birth chart, right? And every every degree, every single exactly. little thing. And plus aspects, and we didn't even touch on that. 
So I, I guess the first thing, what would be the most um, mastered? Because okay, let's, so first let's talk about like things that are are important to look at. So the first thing we kind of already covered are degrees, right? How there's a difference between the cr- critical degrees, the first three and the last three. How many? There's thirty three degrees total. No, thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's three sixty and twelve signs. Okay, so there's thirty. So what would be the most? What would be like the most ripe? Would it be the half point? So fifteen degrees would be considered the best. Yeah, I mean there is no best. Or Not best, worst. but what would be like the uh, mature? A very, a mature sign. Yeah, even four degrees and five degrees will be already fine. So, so for, it's not third degree. I'm looking at mine. So is that three degrees? Uh, it's yes, it's three degrees, but three degrees and thirty six uh, seconds. So it's just past it. So it's kind of like a teenager. <laughs> I have my birth chart here pulled up on. You, you, if you if you want to pull up your birth chart, just go on astro.com and um, do your birth chart. Just take a. It's, you're not gonna be able to really interpret. It's just gonna show it to you, but you'll be able to see degrees and stuff. And also, it really depends which system of houses you're going to use. Because oh, yeah. uh, by default, I think, is there Placidus. But those folks, especially those are in Canada, um, some of them need to use different system of houses. It's called Cox. So um, it, there's also some nuances how you look at the birth chart. The next thing to look at after degrees. Oh, so interesting for me, my Mercury is at 8 degrees. So pretty, like, mature communication. That's, yeah. that's kind of interesting to see. Yeah. And then also, I would say um, another thing that you need to look at your birth chart, where what's the um, correlation between your sun and your moon, like where they are uh, one versus another. Because, you know, if they are together, it means that it, it's um, a new moon. So you are born a new moon. But if, for example, your sun and your moon are opposite of each other, it means that you are born on a full moon. Right. And then you need to see, like, was it eclipse or what was not eclipse? So that also makes some challenges. So those positions are challenging. So it depends which planet and sun and the moon in astrology called planets, like which planet is stronger. Right. Because, you know, as I said, uh, sun in Libra is in fall and sun in uh, Aquarius are a detriment. But also, so there also, are oppositions where the planets do not uh, play their strength. But that's other okay. things can be strong in your chart. So like you, you may have a sun that's in detriment, but other amazing signs. Like for me, for example, my moon is in Capricorn, which is considered detriment, but other things balance it out. So just because one thing is in detriment doesn't mean that like you're... you're yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, usually all planets, like even sun and moon, they have aspects. And guys, you probably all know this fairy tale about sleeping beauty, right? So when the baby was born and all those fairies came... One fairy, kind of witch, she was not happy because, you know, they put her on the back of the table. So, and when fairies came and started giving gifts, one said, oh, you're going to be beautiful. It's kind of like analogy of planets. Another one said, oh, you're going to be smart. Then another one said, like, oh, you will sing well. And then this one said, but you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then others said, no, 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 you're just going to fall asleep. Right? So, and... So basically, those other fairies or planets, they are giving you help. So through aspect, through harmonious aspects. And and also, I feel like the things that you do have in judgment are almost on purpose, like lessons for you to master. Exactly. So that's basically your soul or your higher soul. Cho- chose spirit. that. I think. Yeah. The, yeah. I think it's important to show that you chose that to master. For example, like I really feel like because my moon's in Capricorn, it was, it was very hard for me to express my emotions, but I on purpose picked that placement so that I could work on that and learn how to communicate my emotions, how to feel emotions, how to express them in a healthy way. And I feel like that actually like became a clue to my 
success because learning how to express the things that I'm feeling and then communicate them is really where I, I feel like alive and feel complete. But at the same time, it's also kind of where my gift is. So things that you have in your chart that you kind of think of it this way, like things that you have in your chart that aren't like the perfect aspects are like opportunities for growth that your soul chose like oh she should learn how to master this you should learn Mm -hmm. how to master doing things and being independent you should learn how to master and do this like you need to master how to communicate like so that parts of your chart where there is detriment or where it's not the best placement it's like your soul chose that because if it was an amazing placement you would never in your life realize you need to work on that if everything you did you already communicated greatly you would never be like oh I need to learn focus on learning how to communicate effectively if you're always emotionally balance you wouldn't think oh i need to work on learning how to express myself so exactly and i think you know what bird chart uh how it helps basically you will know which planets are weak points in your life or in your horoscope right and where you should be focusing your energy what you need to develop for example like i've seen lately doing those bird chart readings a lot of people have a weak jupiter and you probably guys know again from the (laughs) street astrology oh jupiter is a great benefactor so it's gonna give me some you know benefits some something but in reality it may be a very negative planet if it's weak and if it's you know um has only um disharmonious aspects like tensions or it's in detriment or it's in critical degrees then you're not gonna get a lot from that planet or you may kind of like um have to consciously work on that because you know Jupiter is a planet that signifies wisdom that signifies how we find um, and confined with social norms and how all those rules work in society how well um, your uh, philosophical views are developed and stuff like that so basically knowing if that you have issues with this planet like you know you may have issues with um, and also you know sorry that I'm jumping that what kind of uh, significator of which house it is it shows like the areas of life there you will have challenges so for example if a sun is weak in your birth chart you need to see for which area of life it is uh, responsible for. If it's like second house, it means that probably you're going to have challenges with your financial situations, with all your material things, with all your resources. Or, you know, if your son, let's say, is a great position, so um, then, you know, you will know that, oh, you know, I will. this area of life is going to be... Um, very easy for me but then kind of like take this an opportunity you see like oh my son is challenging in the second house but what can help and you will see the aspects oh i need to do this one two and three and you will know how exactly and what you need to do to help yourself uh out of this situation so even though it may seem like you know it's not that great placement but there's always hints and tips in your birth chart that will show you how you could benefit from this situation yeah because we in a sense like we all choose our lessons so for example someone might have a lot of indication in their chart um for example like they have they have a, a lot of abundance like just money flows easily let's say there's i'm just giving an example okay let's just say for i'm not going to be specific but that they have a lot of significators that they have like money is great always abundance flowing super success but then they have challenges in relationships right mm-hmm. so it's like it then it's what it's showing them is okay this person's soul didn't come here to work on their scarcity mindset like that's pretty integrated this person came here for example to learn how to connect with another being and how to be emotionally responsible and how to 
mature emotionally. So that soul chose that. Someone else, for example, might have an easy relationship, like love is flowing easily, but then more of an, um, a focus on finances. They came here to learn how to integrate a more abundance mindset and how to heal perhaps uh, scarcity from their like ancestral line. So it's, it's like, it's, I think people think, oh, like think of placements as like doom or negative, but it's like, it just shows you where you chose to learn lessons and when you can look at that then you can stop thinking like oh this isn't working out for me in my life i can think oh wow i came to master this this is like one of the areas that i came to master and then look at your chart for clues which is why i want you to explain so we talked about degrees are important to look at and the second thing can you explain the houses and what the houses represent and a little bit because i think this is i think all people don't even like let's just kind of dive into this so what are the houses explain sure basically there are 12 houses and there are uh, six houses above the horizon. A horizon would be a line in the horoscope from your ascendant to descendant. So basically, if you horizontally split your chart into two halves, the half that below this line that's called horizon would signify houses that are all about you. First house is about me, my body, my beliefs. The second house is about my resources, my material things. Then the third house would be about my communication, my self-studies, whatever I could learn on my own. Then the fourth house will be my family, my roots, uh, my house, my properties. And then the fifth house will be about my creativity, my love, you know, how you will uh, express yourself. And the sixth house will be about uh, about my health and about my work or my job as an individual contributor because it doesn't involve other people. So the, all the houses that are below this horizontal line are called um, houses kind of like that signify me or you know everything self. that belongs to me. Yeah, it's self. And then the houses that are above the horizontal line that involve others, they called social. So like seventh house, it's about partners, right? So it's across first house, like me versus them, I versus my partner. So that's, you know, um, when you analyze, you should look like at the chart, the, um, how they correspond to one another, right? So the eighth house will be resources, but resources other people. And by resources of other people, it could be money, it could be energy, it could be skills, it could be anything that does not belong to you. Then the ninth house, it's about not self-education, about education that you are getting in the society outside. It's about higher education. It's about philosophies. It's also about travel. So like me going somewhere far, it's about foreign things. And then 10th house is the highest point at the horoscope, right? It's called medium quality. So it signifies your social realization, your realization in life, in career, what you could reach, what your soul wants to do like where you will succeed most at your least soul is like come on come here come uh, yeah. here <laughs> and and the 11th house it's about um your friends or people with um similar interests so like social media would be you guys kind of like who are listening to this podcast would be the same like 11 house with paulina and i because we are kind of like group of mind mind like like-minded people like-minded people <laughs> who have like interested in astrology and 12th house is a house of solitude so it's a house 
of connection with divine that's the most complex house and some people interpret that incorrectly again if you studied astrology on the streets so just think of that as not a bad house because some people say oh it's about like isolation you know jail and blah 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 no it's house about like your solitude kind of like your inner world right so what you would do to connect with God, to connect with divine, and you know, with esoteric, with mysterious, with something unknown. Yeah. So, so, and then, and then how? And so, and then, when a planet is in a specific house, what does that usually mean? For example, let's say your Venus is is an example. Like, let's say I, I'll I'll pull up my chart, everyone, so we have a tangible example. So, let's say what what house is my Venus in? I can't. Is that Venus? Sixth house. So okay, so Venus in sixth house. When when a planet is in the sixth house, we're gonna use Venus for the example because obviously we're not gonna go through every planet. So let's say your Venus is in the sixth house. So there are again, is if it's just a planet in the house, you should treat it as you know the house. Let's say you have a place, you rent a place, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Venus in the house is like you as a tenant in that house. Okay. But this house does not belong to you, right? In your place, Venus is in Gemini. So yeah. it's ruled by Mercury. So... And okay, interjection. So each house has a... Ruler. A ruler. Yes. So, okay, what's the ruler of the first house? Uh, it depends which sign. Uh, I mean, the significator. And then each house has not only ruler, it has a significator. And each planet has a significator and a dispositor. This is, this is why your birth... Okay, so a small introduction. This is why your birth chart is like an onion. That it's very hard to talk about things separately because it's all together, right? It's like trying to talk... Let's say you baked a cake with 800 ingredients, right? And trying to talk about, how did you like that lemon flavor? People would be like, what do you mean? I can't... You know what I'm saying? So it's really... I think it's important to note that your birth chart is so complex, so it's very hard to pull one thing out of it and dissect it because it's intertwined. It's like trying to pull a house. I mean, like, how do you like that, this piece? And it's like, well, this piece is connected to this piece, and this mm-hmm. piece is made out of this piece. So so when we speak it's about it, it's very, it's sometimes not, I don't say not fully accurate, but it's not giving the full picture, but just as beginning to learn. So, for example, Venus in the sixth house, what would you, how, how would you interpret? So, uh, so you, you, again, you cannot interpret that, you know, just uh, by, itself. by itself, right? But in general, so because Venus is in Gemini and Venus is a planet that signifies what I like and what I don't like. So it's kind of like liking thing. Mm-hmm. It's a liker. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's because it's in Gemini, it says, oh, I like to talk. I like to exchange information, right? I like to learn because in this Gemini. But in the sixth house, sixth house is about health and it's about me um, as an individual contributor. So I like to talk and I like to exchange information, but I'm going to do it just kind of like on my own. I don't need a boss, right? (laughs) So basically it means that I like to talk about things and I like things on my own and you know I will select or choose a job where I could exchange information but I don't want to have a boss I'm my own boss that's what it is and so the, and these two things are separate as well the sign that it's in in the house so my Venus is in Gemini in the sixth house so you could have Venus in Taurus in the second house that so would be completely different yes yeah and then kind of like it's also um so she's gonna pull I'm pulling up my chart, chart here so and it's also ruled by um as i said mercury and mercury is in fifth house and basically it shows that paulina's venus in gemini in sixth house and uh so wait wait so explain what explain what the i think this is like getting confusing well <laughs> so okay so let you so because it's like 
it's very difficult to understand. So, so, the, so for example, your Venus is in the sixth house. Then the sixth house is ruled by a di- by a planet. No, the uh, Venus is in Gemini and mm-hmm. sixth house, and because it's in Gemini. It's ruled by Mercury. Mercury. So then you look and at Mercury so okay, is in fifth house. So okay, so you see like so so you look at so it's in Gemini. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So then you look where Mercury is in your chart, and then Mercury is in the fifth house. Exactly. So it shows that because sixth house, as we discussed, sixth or fifth house. First of all, sixth house is a house that describes and signifies work on your own, right? Mm-hmm. So and Venus is a liker. I like to exchange information and work on my own. And fifth house, it's like a creativity or hobby or something that, you know, how I express through my creativity. So it means that I will work on my own, exchange information, what I like, and I'm going to use it as a kind of like creativity outlet. Yeah, so so everything is interconnected, right? It's like very, this is the best way to put it. You can't look at things in an isolated way. And me, a kind of thing that's a download that's coming through to ask is if someone, this is in Genesis, is very generally speaking, but if someone were want to, if someone is feeling like, um, I don't know, like depressed or a lack of like life force energy or loss, what would be immediately the thing that they should look for in their chart to find what would bring them joy? And I'll give you an example. I was thinking of something today. So I was thinking about to me, it really brings me joy to like express myself like creatively, whether that's like speaking, whether it's like talking like to a friend, whether it's creating something, whether it's dressing up. Like I even love, just, I just love getting dressed up. I don't know, even if I stay at home, like those things. It's I, Leo season, guys. <laughs> it's Leo season. All you are all queens. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I, it brings me life to creatively express myself. So if someone was feeling like lost or down or depressed, what are the usually the things in the chart that aren't being activated, and, and where would one begin to look at their chart to see like what's going on? So uh, there are two things. It really depends how long have you been feeling down. So in general, you should look at your moon because moon is how you express your emotions and see uh, where your moon is located, which degrees, which house, which aspects it has, which signs, which significator it has. Because, for example, like I've had a client um, just a couple days ago and his moon is in um, Sagittarius. And you would think like, oh my God, cheerful, cheerful. but the significator of Sagittarius is Jupiter and his Jupiter is weak and is um, afflicted. So it means that he's very sensitive and mm. he's overreacting. Mm-hmm. And when I told him, you know, about this, he said like, oh my God, yes, I'm, it's totally me. See? It's kind of like, it really depends. You may not say, you know, that one size fits all. It really, like, it's different. I have, an, I have another question. Can your moon show you what fulfills you? Like, can your moon show and, you? And before we jump to that question, I want to continue answering. Okay, first, first question. question. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of like really depends on your moon. And then second, what could cause this, you need to see your transits. And transits, you know, like planets that are above us, they keep moving, you know, it doesn't stop, it doesn't care, like, you know, how you feel. So basically, planets such as Neptune uh, or, you know, some other high planets, they form longer uh, impacts on us. If, for example, like um, Neptune has a connection with Moon, then it may signify, you know, 
the depression, mm -hmm. right? Or if, for example, uh, Uranus is on your moon or forms um, some disharmonious aspects like 180 degrees, it would be opposition, or a square, which is 90 degrees, it will also mean that uh, you're likely experience kind of like being down, depressed, and stuff like that. But everything passes. And, you know, again, it's only one transit. There's a ton of planets that go um through your birth chart and you may see like where the help may come from so and it's good to know like what's coming to you because you know being prepared always helps so it doesn't come out of blue that you're like oh my god you know uh, and i have some clients who kind of like when they come to me where something already happening and you have to react like you know almost immediately um without being prepared so it, it's harder emotionally i would say can your moon as well show you what would like for like I have a okay so I have a kind of a funny scenario so let's say someone's dating someone and they know what their moon is in would that give them a lot of um, insight into what would fulfill them so let's say you're let's say someone's like dating me and they're like oh she's a moon in Capricorn would that be able to give someone enough insight of what would what they could do to kind of make that person feel emotionally fulfilled I know it's, that's one piece of the puzzle but can that be enough to kind of show you what emotionally fulfills an individual. Uh, not really, because, you know, it depends if you are dating, because you said dating, and I think you're going to date on an opposite sex. And we, I, I spoke in my one of my IG lives about um, uh, gender planets. So gender planets would be Mars and Sun. So if you are a girl or female and you want to see, like, how well you guys could hit it off, so then you should look at their uh, Mars, right? So you know where your Venus is. And Can you explain this? Okay, let's say individual guy. Let's say Jim meets Sally, and we want to look at their Mars and Venus. Explain. So Jim and, and Sally. Yeah, Jim. If Jim has his Mars in, um, let's say uh, Leo. Leo and. <laughs> What's her name? And Sally. Sally has her Venus in Gemini. Then they will hit it up, right? Because, you know, Leo, it's fire, and her um, uh, Venus in, in Gemini, so it's air, it's, it's very good. But if, for example, he is Leo, but her uh, Venus is cancer. in... Um, cancer... Mm, prob yeah, probably nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, not going to... Jim not and Sally are not yeah, going to be friends. Uh, no, they're not going to be attracted. I mean, sexually attracted, right? And guys, when, for example, you meet someone, it doesn't matter um, the same uh, gender or the opposite gender, your moon starts interacting. So the first interactions before you know person well, that's, you know, your moons are interacting. And, and, how, and how do moons interact? Yeah, and, and what, what allows for a good moon interaction? What would indicate that two moons are going to work together well? Again, being in the same uh, element or friendly element, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so someone like if you if your moon is in an earth sign, you would probably get along with someone whose moon's in an earth sign? In earth sign or in water sign, right? Oh, because so, so, it nourishes it. Exactly. Can you explain that? Uh, because there are fem two, they are two feminine um, So elements. fire and air and water and earth would be exactly. would work so, well together. They, they belong to the same elements. So like, you know, there are masculine elements, which is 
fire and air and feminine elements which is earth and water so and they kind of like um, friends with one another so if jim had his moon in libra and sally had her moon in gemini they'd probably get along yeah yeah the f- first yes i mean at least first couple dates then you know we will they will see if their moon is in critical degrees how it's expressed maybe it's overreacting right like we saw this example yeah uh, with this uh, client of mine whose um, moon was in uh, Sagittarius. So, so in, early, but... in early stages, people usually their moons in, engage, and then, then then their Venus and Mars starts showing more. No, 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 Venus and Mars also right away. But, but Venus and Mars is more sexual attraction. Right. So someone could have a really good moon connection, but not much of a sexual attraction, or or, or, opposite, or, or the opposite, or they have sexual attraction, but no yes, emotional. No emotional, and they will feel frustrated because they will feel urge. But they will kind of like, I've done it, you know, I can't stand him. I hate it, but, you know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, there's, so there's a lot of things to look at in Sinistry too, right? And, right. Then, and then and Mercury and things like that as well. Yeah, and Mercury also important because Mercury signifies communication, right? So, you know, we are social beings and we like to communicate because, you know, even having, for example, sex is great, but then you need to talk to each other, right? So, and if your Mercuries are in disharmonious aspects or in the opposite signs, then, you know, it's probably going to be lots of arguing, right? And we don't want that. We want harmony. What are big big signs in a chart, like things that come to the top of your head that show um, a good relationship, like that it's going to last long? I mean, I guess it's hard to tell, but things that show like that really, that it's like really good. Uh, well, so again, talking about synastry, but before looking into synastry, you need to analyze chart your own chart and see if you are conflicting person. So that's the position of Mars, you know, place. So you need to see how strong is your Mars, where it's located, whether you are intense. And again, you know, I have lots of examples Wait, from my you, can clients. You, can we, okay, well, can we, can we do mine as an example? Can you look, I want to see if my Mars is intense. Your Mars? Okay, where is your Mars? Where is it? Which one is it? Your Mars is this. Your Mars is in Virgo, and it is in twenty the, degrees uh, in, Fifth, the, in the eighth house. In the eighth house, so it means again Mars. Uh, from the perspective of astrology, it's a planet that signifies action, right? So, and because it's in Virgo, in Paulina's case, and Virgo is a feminine element, it's Earth, right? So, and feminine elements are not aggressive. So, here Mars is not aggressive. It's more productive, right? Because it's Earth. It's about stability. It's about results. So she is oriented always on result. When she does something, she wants to see final results. She's not going to do things just for the sake of doing. That's what it means. <laughs> okay, okay, but not aggressive. Not aggressive. <laughs> and because it's an eighth house, you know, it's like leveraging and working with the resources of other people. More likely to involve other people into your work, mm-hmm. into your actions, and then we need to see, uh, because it's in uh, Virgo, right? The 20 degrees. Yeah, 20 but degrees. But it's good, mature, high. it's mature. Yeah. My Virgo's mature. 20, uh, uh, 20 uh, degrees. Virgo, the significator of Virgo is Mercury. And again, her, and it's in fifth house, right? So and again, would be her actions and whatever she does would be related to her creativity and to her expressing her creative energies. So you may basically, uh, by looking at the birth chart, yours or you know someone else's you will see what they like to do why their soul was born like what's their purpose and we didn't start talking about the notes but there are also some karmic points um 
which are south node and yeah speak north, about that explain north this a little bit nodes. so those are kind of like a compass so north node shows your mission what you need to do in your uh, in this life because again your birth chart is a snapshot of energies it's a compilation of all the experiences that your spirit had in previous lives right so and it's not just only about this life your birth chart shows what you worked on for many many lives so basically your south node shows what you mastered before where you've been great what kind of skills you already worked on what you could leverage in this life to fulfill your mission which show which is shown by your north node so and north node you know also has a sign and a house so it will tell what your mission is so where would you find i have my chart pulled up again your north so node. it's kind of like um this is your north oh. so north your north is also in libra oh, no, not Vir- libra Vir- in virgo, virgo. 26 and, yeah and it's eighth in eighth house so again, working with energies of other people, mm-hmm. transforming that, and because it's in Virgo, making that material. So helping people have Tangibly. something tangible, right, from that. Because eighth house is a house of energy and transformation and resources of other people. So basically your mission is work with the resources of other people, their energy, and making that Give them tangible, tangible results. results, yes. What would the south note indicate? And South Node will indicate um, what experiences you had in your past life, like in, in other past life, what you mastered. It will be across the um, across your uh, North Node. So it, in your case, it would be in Pisces. It means that through past lives, you already have compassion. You already have uh, empathy. Because, you know, Pisces is a sign of spiritual development, of serving others. So you already gathered that skill. You know to how help others. You know how to be empathetic. And you can use that skill and that knowledge to help people make those tangible results. It's so amazing when you, like, take a look at it. Exactly. And that's why the another two things. I want you to explain... What to okay? The last two things I want to explain is because we speak spoke about how layered astrology is. So okay, I want to say this. So, so Xenia, my mom, she she does birth chart readings, right? And she they are so immersive. I, I it, it, she takes she spends hours and hours and hours doing one. I've always told her I'm like I can't believe that you don't charge 10x what you do because uh, to read a birth chart and actually find the layers, it's so it's so. It's so deep. It's not just, it's not looking at an onion and saying the onion is yellow, the onion is round, it's this measurement. It's like she sits and peels a whole onion until it's empty. And so I really wanted to explain how deep a good birth chart reading is and why it's important to have someone who knows and and by the way for uh i'll have her information down below if you can dm her to book usually she's booked out for a few weeks but i think she opened up a few slots so yeah um but expl- i want you to explain the, how deep the reading real a true reading really is where we're like like how just how she was explaining this podcast where you look at one thing and then you look at the significator of that and then you look at that and you look at how the whole cake 
is together. You're not just looking at individual things. And a lot of things, I think a lot of astrologers, I mean, no shade, but just look at one thing. Oh, you have this. Oh, you have this. But it's like, how do those things play together? Just because you have this doesn't mean something else. You really have to look at how it's like all of these energies form a spider web and you really have to see how does the spider web like look does it lean to the left does it lean to the right how does everything work together so just speak to that briefly exactly so basically your birth chart is a language of stars it's like a foreign language right and a good astrologer it would be an interpreter but interpreter who not only knows the language but also knows the topic for example you may know chinese and you may try to translate a Chinese book like Chinese medicine, but you have no knowledge in medicine. Will you be a good translator? Probably no. Same with astrology. So you may know the meaning, but you do not know the esoteric side of that. So a good astrologer will have to know not only the language of stars, which he or she has to know well and have a practice um, experience. experience, right, but also know the topic. And, you know, you ask me um, how, how good. I mean, a birth chart has a ton of information. It really depends, you know, on the client. So when my clients come, you know, I ask, like, if they have any questions, specific questions, so I could look deeper. But in general, you would look, like, at your personal core. Obviously, your sun and your moon are the key, right? And then they have um, personal helpers, which are... Mercury, Mars, and Venus, and then there are social planets, Jupiter and um, Saturn, but then also higher planets or transpersonal planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Then there are fictive points, you know, karmic points, which are the nodes. Then there is Black Moon or Lilith. So it's kind of like 10 planets plus three fictive points plus 12 houses. So like, and we know the complexity, we have to multiply it, right? So those who studied, you know, the probability and all of that good stuff know that, you know, how to estimate the variety, the number of options. Like that statistics, one basically. Yeah, basically statistics. And, you know, in astrology, in some sense, you know, similar to statistics, because, you know, what's been done for the centuries, there is ton of data that was gathered and analyzed. And then uh, some of the conclusions and insights were made. And also, it, I would compare that to a medicine. So basically, there are principles, but it's based on the experience. And there is, yes, there is um, one medicine, but it's going to impact two different people differently, right? So the same aspirin, let's put uh, that way. So one person takes it versus another, you know, they may have different experiences. Same with astrology. You may have the same sun, but you like, you know, because it's different locations, you will experience that differently and has different significator and dispositor and location, stuff like and that. And so, so when you do a reading, you so, provide like how many, you provide a whole... Uh, yeah, it's about 30 pages right up. So it's all about you. 30 pages, you guys. Like I tell them like how, like a novel, short, a poetry book, basically about, about your cosmic data. Yes, and it basically serves you for a long time because you have a roadmap. You know your weak points, you know what to pay attention to, you know your strength, how to leverage them. And your chart has also information about your career, how to best way to make money, what's going to happen with your relationships. Again, some people who were interested in kids, you know, they reach out to me and said, hey, you know, I really want to see if I'm going to have kids. And also your chart has that information. So, and it's, this it's, is just the natal chart, but then you also, I include a brief forecast. So basically I see um, from the transits of slower planets or, you know, higher planets and then progressions 
what the key years that you need to pay attention to so kind of like um and you know some of guys you probably know like uh you know one of my clients said like oh you know uh, she ordered a birth chart reading for professional orientation but i saw that within next two years she's gonna get married and i said dude you're gonna get married and she said like oh my god thank you <laughs> so i also include that information if i see something important i always include that into your birth chart reading and if someone wanted to book how would they reach out to you uh, well, so you could uh, go to on my uh, Instagram, and I have in my link tree um, the, I think a booking uh, link a booking link for the birth chart. Or you could DM me. Yeah, she, yeah. and she's she's absolutely incredible. You. It, buying getting your birth chart read by her is like giving yourself the best gift you could ever give it's literally like investing into quantum leaping your life because you understand and understand yourself through so many layers and as you move through life year after year you can always reference back to it and find more gems and more guidance it's like a roadmap you can always return to and find a new key or a new thing to reference back to and oh I should try this oh oh this is this and like it's just something you, it's like it's like answers just for you it's not something general it's not a general horoscope it's not someone doing an intuitive reading even for you which is beautiful but it's literally just like your cosmic data giving you guidance yes it is true and also once you guys know your birth chart and know your weak points or uh, strong points which planets kind of like need help or which points you could i mean planets you could rely on and lean on if you hear anything like let's say now um what's like uh two planets are in virgo which is um venus and mercury right so you will know if those transits those called transits are impacting you or not because you know like in which degree each planet is located and you could compare like oh yes you know i may be impacted by this transit oh this is you know I'm not going to even worry about that. Same true for uh, Mercury being retrograde or, you know, some other transits that you may hear uh, that people are saying like, oh my God, the moon, like the sky are falling, everyone's going to be bad. And you look at your chart, it's like, Mm-mm, no, not me. You know, my <laughs> old planets are good. They're not in those signs. They're not in those degrees. I'm fine. But a uh, little interjection I want to say if you're still listening to this podcast right now I want you to screenshot this podcast and tag me which you guys probably know my Instagram and tag my mom which is readings by Xenia if you're listening I love when you share like I always say whether you're just driving and you screenshot it or you're on your walk and you're screenshotting I want you to screenshot that you're listening to this and tag both of us and I'll be picking one lucky winner to receive a special gift from me I just want I think it's a really beautiful way in you A when you guys share it just so I get to see all of you beautiful listeners. I see people who are sharing constantly, so I know you're listening, and it's really, really beautiful to connect with you. I love seeing when you're on your walk and you're listening, and also it's really amazing to expand our community and anyone else who's also like-minded and on this path of expansion and growth, they're able to come join us. So be sure to tag me and my mom, Readings by Xenia. I'll have her Instagram in the in the keynotes, and I'll be picking a winner to get a personal gift from me and before we wrap up i two i there's always two things i first thing i want you to say is you have a workshop coming up so tell us a tiny bit about that and then i always have a question i ask all of my guests okay sounds good so yes guys uh i am also um reiki master and i've been working with energies 
Gosh, you know, for more than 30 years. Uh, so basically, I am um, sharing some of my methods or techniques that I know and that I've successfully used and uh, my clients successfully used with you guys. So this uh, workshop that's coming on August 22nd, which is Sunday at 3 p.m. PST, uh, it's going to be invoke divine intervention. So we almost every one of us have situations where you need help, like it's urgent help. For example, if you've been pulled by a police officer or, you know, you lost something or something happened and you need immediate help, you don't have all your tools like candles, tarot cards or whatever tools you're using. So what you could do. So during this workshop, I'll share this technique step by step what you could do to help yourselves not only in those emergency situations but also in situations that for example a job interview so you could influence the outcome or even a very important conversation what you could do to influence that how you could improve your life how you could um what you could basically do for yourself to benefit from uh, whatever life throws at you and you will know exactly how to respond like you will know where to get help so if you guys interested, I welcome you. So again, the link is in my bio and Paulina's going to share my Instagram page. So um, yeah, I'll be happy. I'll put it in the keynotes as well, by the way. Everyone is going to put this in the keynotes. Um, this, so you can go to her bio. I'll have her, Insta- I'll have her Instagram in the keynotes. I'll have the event in the keynotes. So whether you just want to click the keynote or if you want to go to her bio and get it from there and DM and chat. And, the, and then the wrap-up, I always ask my guests two questions. Because well, this podcast is called Unlimited Abundance. So one, what is your personal definition of unlimited abundance? Unlimited abundance for me that... You could share your energy, like the energy, because we are all energy and abundance of energy. That's, you know, we are the creators. We are part of the divine, right? So this energy is, in my view, is abundance. It's unlimited abundance because, you know, we are connected to that energy and we could step into this energy and get help from this energy and manifest through energy and it's available all the time. And the second question I would ask all my guests is, what would be your tip for someone to begin unlocking their unlimited abundance based on your definition or... Uh, working with energies again like everything is energy right and our thoughts are also energies and a lot of it depends on what is in your head right so try to think about you not as a being physical object but being as an energy being as a creator you can do anything so you are powerful you are sitting almost like on a chest of treasure Tap into your wisdom, tap into your own energy, meditate, change, you know, your thought process about, you know, abundance, however you describe that, whatever it means in your life. And you will see immediate changes because the universe where, uh, will respond right away because where the focus, there your energy goes. Absolutely beautiful. What a power podcast. It's been almost an hour. We have covered so, so many topics Thank you for being such an incredible guest and sharing so much wisdom. She is my mom, so we'll we'll definitely have her back on. Definitely feel free to DM me and her any of your thoughts, how you like this episode, what were the things that stood out to you the most. And if you're ready to have your birth to read, I will, you know, feel free to reach out to her and to really embark on uncovering your cosmic data. And I will probably, when when is, what, what day is the workshop? 
Sunday. The Sunday? No, not this Sunday. Sunday 22nd. So oh, Sunday. Is it the, okay, Sunday, August 22nd. So, yeah, be sure to grab your spot for that. Any final words? Uh, I'm very happy to <laughs> share my wisdom with you guys. She and, needs her own podcast, doesn't uh, she? <laughs> your own podcast would be so right? good. Uh, maybe one day, right? I'm registered to this. What's this new thing? Uh, clubhouse? Clubhouse? Club You're on Clubhouse? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I'm not doing anything there because I don't know how to use it. <laughs> you know, guys, when you are um, mature, <laughs> put that way, you may not keep up with all the technologies, right? So very happy to be here, very happy to share with you wisdom, um, and I would be very happy to help you guys navigate through all the challenges that you have to learn yourself and to help you in your spiritual development. Namaste. Thank you for coming in. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for tuning in. I love you, and I will see you next week on Unlimited Abundance. Bye. Bye. Bye.